May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So today is our stewardship kickoff. And it is always the job of the rector, even though it has Becky's name in the, in the bulletin, it's the job of the rector to preach a stewardship sermon. And our stewardship chair, Ron Jensen, is sitting right here, so I don't dare not do it. <laughs> Actually, I'm thrilled to do it. I love talking about stewardship. You guys will receive in the mail this week a letter from me and Ron uh, announcing this year's campaign with the theme, Sing to the Lord a New Song. And I realized, we came up with that a long time ago. But what I realized yesterday is that today is actually the one-year anniversary of me coming to join you all in this community. Thank you for your very warm welcome and support. As we have been singing a new song all year, right? I've been learning new tunes. We've been finding places where the notes don't quite align. Trying to make beautiful music in spite of ourselves. It's been a huge privilege and blessing, and I'm honored to be your rector here one year in. I can't believe how much how time flies when you really are having fun. It's been wonderful. Thank you. So I got stuck on the singing part. Sing to the Lord a new song. And I recalled, some of you already heard this story, but I recalled my time in Chautauqua this summer where I heard Yo-Yo Ma alone on the stage with his cello. And he talked about how music can heal the world. That's his ministry. That's his mission. And what he did was he demonstrated this idea by playing the prelude to Bach's first cello suite. And what he pointed out was, if you know that piece, it's a very short little piece, about halfway through, the themes and the notes break down to the point where there's actually some silence. He emphasized it with some silence in Chautauqua more than you probably hear it when you normally hear it. But there's just this break. And then what happens next is those pieces, those notes, are picked up and transformed into a new song. But what you realize is that the new song still contains the notes and the themes from the old song. That's our story about resurrection, right? Out of death, out of destruction, out of the end, comes new life, transformed. And I think that's true about our ministry in general. When we say, sing to the Lord a new song, we're saying, we have all of these gifts, we have all this music, we have all these notes, we have all these ministries. How can we sing them in a new way? We're not going to get rid of stuff. The new stuff is actually made from the old stuff. Because God made everything, right? And declared it all good. When we talked about just mercy last week, 
the book by Brian Stevenson that some of us read, we noted that there were four things that he identifies as ways to work for justice. And what some of us noticed was those four things aren't just how to work for justice. They're really how to be effective at anything. The four things, remember, get proximate, change the narrative, remain hopeful, and be uncomfortable. You're going to hear a lot about those four things over the next year. Last year was the year of communication. This year is the year of the four things, effective ministry. Um, I think this is important for two, for two reasons. One, this is basically the gospel. Stevenson is so brilliant in his ministry. I'll call it a ministry. He's a lawyer. He has a huge platform. He was on 60 Minutes the other day. He's well regarded in legal circles, in all sorts of secular settings. But basically what he's doing is preaching the gospel. Remarkable. He's one of those 70 elders. When Moses was so upset, God says, okay, okay, bring me 70 people and we'll put some spirit in them. He's one of them. He's one of them. So that's an invitation for each one of us as well, right? How are we out there preaching the gospel? As Episcopalians, we get very nervous thinking about evangelizing. We don't like that word. We don't say Jesus in public because people might think we're weird. Blah, 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 right? Stevenson doesn't say Jesus in public either. But look at the, the change that he's made in the world and the impact he's having on these conversations about prison, about uh, mass incarceration and uh, our justice system. So I made that connection and I thought, that's really smart. Moses says, oh, that all God's people would be prophets, right? Oh, that all God's people would be prophets. So I started thinking about these four things for us, for Trinity Church, for moving forward into this next year. Brian says, get proximate. I like the language, draw near. Draw near. That feels more like an invitation. Draw near to one another. That's what the writer of the letter of James was saying today, right? Look at the person next to you. Pray for them. Sing with them. Comfort them. Draw near to one another. Draw near to our neighbors. Who are our neighbors? We have some work to do to learn about the needs in this community and beyond. We've started. We've done some good work. Starting with the, the work that we've done for the Mass Coalition for the Homeless with the Build-A-Bed Project and the work that we're doing at St. Stephen's and the Mana Ministry and all of those things. We know who some of our neighbors are and we draw near to them. Who else do we need to draw near to? I also think that draw near is an invitation to draw near to ideas that may be challenging. Things we may not agree with. Reading some books about stuff that 
we might learn some things about our privilege or about the history of our country that we didn't get taught when we were in school. The history of our church. Whatever. I think the get proximate invitation, the draw near invitation, is about our bodies as well as our minds. And by doing all of that, these things are in a particular order. By doing all of that, we can then change the narrative, the old song. Not that there is anything wrong with the old song, but the old song needs transformation, right? Boys will be boys. She asked for it. Right? There's an old song. We're not going to talk about that today, but there's an old song that needs to be rewritten. Jesus was always about changing the narrative. It was hard to read that gospel today and then not talk about it specifically because it was so fire and brimstone. So we will talk about that at another time. But I think... Remember, he's with these disciples who drive him crazy a lot of the time, who drive him crazy. And they had just had the situation. So I am going to talk about it. They had just had the situation a couple of verses earlier where where they tried to exercise a demon out of somebody and they couldn't do it. And they said to Jesus, how come we didn't have the power to do that? You told us we did. And Jesus said, I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like, you know, not this time. So the reason that they're mad at the beginning of this reading is they said, this person is out there casting demons in your name and we've got to tell them to stop. So Jesus was already irritated with them, right? This idea that things that we can do that put stumbling blocks in front of other people's faith, our pride and our ego and all of those things can get in the way of our being those anointed prophets that God provided to Moses. In the midst of all of this, we have to remain hopeful. And again, this was a tough week. Just to be in the world, to be a woman, to be a mother, um, of a daughter, all of that. It was a tough week. How do we remain hopeful in the face of every week, pretty much, right? It's always something. It's always something. Easy to become cynical, easy to give up, easy to hide under the covers and watch way too much Netflix. (laughs) Confession. But one of the things that helps me remain hopeful is something that we just started a couple of weeks ago, which is praying on Wednesdays in the chapel with the door open. Sounds like a small thing. We even use words to a really old song. We're praying morning prayer, right one. Those are some old words. But remarkably, those words in that chapel on Wednesdays with the door open and the traffic driving by, that song is a new song. I was raised with those words, but I hear it differently now. So there's one way for me that I can remain hopeful. By staying steeped in prayer and bounding my workday with prayer. One of the ways we stay hopeful is by being here together. By gathering around this table. 
by singing hymns together, all sorts of ways to remain hopeful. And number four, you remember, number four is about being uncomfortable. Of course, as Christians, Jesus calls us to take up a cross and follow him to death. That's pretty uncomfortable. Most of us are not called in our daily lives to go all that way, although we are in our spiritual lives. But what I realized is this call to be willing to be uncomfortable actually circles back to the first one about drawing near. So this isn't really a list. It's a circular process. Because if we really draw near to people we don't like, or people who are different from us, or ideas that are really challenging, we're going to be uncomfortable. But the transformation doesn't happen. The new song is not sung if we're not willing to engage in this process. So I think, I think that what we have here at Trinity Church, because this is the church that we know and love. There's lots of churches who are doing wonderful things, but this is our church. I believe that we are already engaged in doing this. That we're transforming old songs and old ideas in new ways, not by our own sheer force of will, but because this place is infused with the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. We have hope. We respect the dignity of every human being through our baptismal promises. We are strengthened here at the table with Christ's body and blood each week. That's an amazing, amazing, amazing thing in today's world. Amazing. Amazing. Everybody is a part of that. Everybody brings their own particular saltiness and seasoning, their willingness to be one of the prophets, all their gifts into this community. That's where the real love and energy and power is. That's what we celebrate when we sing the new song. And... In order for that to happen in the ways that we're used to it happening and in the ways that we dream about it happening, it costs money. It just does. So our stewardship this year is, is a very, very bold and aspirational goal. Last year we raised $730,000 from your pledges, from our pledges. This year, the target is 830000 Folks, that's $100,000 more. That's a big number from where I come from. Can we sing that new song? How uncomfortable would you have to be to be a part of that? What, would you might, need, what might you need to draw near to? 
nearer to God, nearer to prayer, nearer to some new ideas, nearer to some other people. What would it take? What would it take for us to change the narrative of scarcity and just getting by to a narrative of wild abundance? The reason I ask the readers to change up the readings today to have that numbers reading is, first of all, Moses is my favorite person in the Bible. And anytime Moses is like grumpy, I just I love it. And this is like the best story of Moses being grumpy. (laughs) But I really chose it because the Israelites have just set out into the wilderness with Moses as their leader. Remember why they're there? They were freed from generations of slavery in Egypt, right? They built all those pyramids. They were slaves. They had no freedom. They've just been given their freedom. And all of a sudden, oh, but there were fish and melons and onions, and it was just so much better there. Really? You were slaves. Maybe once a year you got a melon. I don't know. But what it points to is just our human capacity for sentimentality about the past. Even to, you know, even to the point of thinking, oh, the food was better when I was a slave. I mean, come on. So I just bring that up because in order to really sing a new song, we have to honor the songs of the past and the traditions of the past. But we must not be sentimental about them. And most churches have a lot of sentimental stories, a lot of old songs. And there's richness in the notes and richness in the melodies and richness in the people who have sung them and played them and joined in that singing. But if we really are going to sing a new song, if we really are going to be out in the world doing effective ministry, using this little recipe, we cannot be sentimental. We have to break down those old songs and those old stories and create something new. May it be so. Amen.